0: just one more drink and then i should be on my way home i'm not entirely sure what you're talking
1: about i've had a really nice time but my dogs need welcome to be back dead. fans in the dynasty league of ambiguous right principles as i'm sure like you know I'm this is another episode of mick on time with unbeatable d-lab coverage Hosted by John and Eddie, the Brothers McSchmetti. We're recording to you live from here in Winkler, Manitoba, our hometown. We're happy to be back with you after an extended off-season break. Uh, We know it's March Madness for all of you American college basketball fans. John, do you fill out a bracket this year?
2: You know... uh I did get a bracket this year, but I just spent too much time trying to figure out which teams were pro and which teams were college. And so I guess the games are on already. And next year, maybe we'll get that much closer.
1: Yeah, almost there. I know you've been uh, almost there the last few years. Maybe next year will be the one that you get it done in time for the family pool. All right. So we got a lot of good content for you here today, D-Lap fans. Uh, The first thing we're going to do is take a look back at a major D-Lap trade and some NFL player movement, and talk about how those affect the upcoming D-Lap season. John, there was one big trade about a month ago in the D-Lap. Why don't you take us through what happened?
2: Sure. Uh, The two main points uh, of the trade were a straight-up swap in tight ends. Rob Gronkowski from the Tugboats went to uh, Guantanamo in exchange for Evan Engram and uh, uh, Ahumu first. But the uh, the whole trade, I I suppose, because Guantanamo did get some nice pieces in there, uh, the whole trade—the tugboats giving up. Uh, quarterback Matt Stafford, Paul Richardson, who is now with the. Uh, who is he with then? Car- Washington
1: the Indigenous Peoples.
2: Washington the Indigenous Peoples. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, who who may retire, and the South Alabama 2018 second-round pick, as well as a tugboat 2019 third, and then the tugboats will receive Eddie Lacy, which I think we'll talk about this in a later segment. But I think that's just capped. he will be cut. Uh, Pierre Garçon of the 49ers, Evan Engram of the Giants, and Honolulu's 2019 first. And so uh, this isn't a this week in dLAP history, but this is a, a notable fact uh, that the Tugboats have at one time or another owned all three Humu first round picks, 2017, 2018, and
1: 2019 now. that's a, That's a really interesting little tidbit there, John. Going back over this trade, I know it's early to say, no games have been
2: played, but who do you think won that deal? You know, I think both teams probably got what they were looking for. Uh Guantanamo had a, had quite the, you know, trouble there at quarterback cuz Mariota did not have the season that maybe they were hoping for when they picked him in the expansion draft also off the tugboats. But Stafford is a $4 salary you know they'll have to decide whether to franchise or extend but that's a quality quarterback that they can plug and play Paul Richardson's a nice prospect uh, especially at the wide receiver position where Giraffes could use all the help they can get and Rob Gronkowski you know I think the intangible here is that Rob Gronkowski gives them a player to kind of build their team identity around and I think that uh, you know we've spent some time talking to Mr. Emerson and uh, I think him and Gronk really you know. have kind of similar personalities, I would say. And so I think that's a good figurehead for their team. And the Tugboats, you know, they get cheaper with Evan Engram. They get a nice plug-and-play piece for bye weeks with Garcon. And they get another Humu first, which, you know, they they like to have those. You
1: know, I want to hit on something you said about, you know, Rob Gronkowski being a potential face of the franchise there in Guantanamo. I don't think that we always give those types of moves enough credit. Let's face facts here, folks. Guantanamo Bay is the smallest market in the Dynasty League of Ambiguous Principles. And it means a lot to keep fan interest high to have a player like Rob Gronkowski on the roster. You know, it reminds me of when the Detroit Pistons traded for Blake Griffin a couple months ago. And, you know, basketball-wise, it was kind of a swap in talent. You know, they didn't get a lot better. But what they did do was try and fill seats in a new stadium they built. So I don't think you can overestimate the impact uh, that Rob Gronkowski's name power had in Guantanamo's decision to trade for him. They're trying to put butts in seats there. You know They got a lot of guys there in Guantanamo who don't have access to a lot of media. I'll just put it that way. You know yeah, I big saw chunk a nice
2: documentary on that.
1: Yeah, you know, they're pretty sheltered is one way to put it there. Gronk is a big enough name to kind of filter through those barred windows there. So I think it was it was good for Guantanamo in that sense, John. So I think we've pretty well covered it. Unless there you have anything else you want to throw in about this trade? I think
2: El Gronk, as they're calling him uh, over in Guantanamo, I'm hearing. I think he'll be he'll be a nice piece for Mr. Emerson.
1: You know, next up, John, what I wanted to do was take a look at some NFL free agency, NFL trades that have happened at various positions and talk about which players we think will have a bigger impact on the D-Lap season because of their new landing spots. Let's start with quarterbacks. You know, we're both looking at a list here of quarterbacks that have moved to new NFL teams. Which one of these stands out to you as potentially having a big impact on the D-Lap season next year?
2: Looking at this list, you know, I think that Alex Smith, who did a lot of starting for Taintsville, uh, him moving to Washington, he, he projects to probably still be a starter for Taintsville or, uh, you know, his main competition last year, Kirk Cousins. So uh, Taintsville has their two same quarterbacks in two new locations uh, and good good looks for both of them. Uh, he gets to keep the Washington quarterback, although he'll go by a different name. You know, Kirk Cousins to Minnesota is big NFL news. so. I think that's probably the big ones. How about you?
1: Yeah, you know, I I agree. I think it was a really interesting move there for Taintsville for both of those quarterbacks to go to landing spots where they could both potentially be more productive than they were previously. You know, the other one that stands out to me is Sam Bradford to the Arizona Cardinals. We've seen arizona cardinals quarterbacks be productive in, in the past in carson palmer and kurt warner who fit kind of a similar mold as sam bradford veteran players who have been in and out of lineups because of injuries or various other reasons
2: working we've all stores
1: exactly you know yeah. playing in the arena league and we've also seen arizona quarterbacks really struggle and so i think that it's really interesting to see how Sam Bradford will do there. You know, Larry Fitzgerald is going to come back for at least one more year. You know, they have the Browns there in the receiving core in Arizona. And Bradford, he's got all the talent in the world. That's what everybody says. That's why he's still in the NFL. So I think
2: that's a guy who could play a sneakily important role in the D-Lab next year. Let's move on to uh, to running backs then. And uh, Eddie, I'll let you take a first go. Uh, who do you think is going to have some big starting impact at, in the DLAP this year?
1: I think that the biggest impact, I'm going to actually go with one that I think might be negative, And that's Carlos Hyde moving from the San Francisco 49ers, to the Cleveland Browns, and we all know in the d lap Carlos Hyde plays for the Scram Poop Ballers, and he was a pretty important piece of that team last year. He was really a workhorse kind of guy, uh, under the radar, kind of a blue-collar, consistent producer that they really leaned on a lot, and I think his production might drop a lot in Cleveland. Uh, people think that the Browns still might take Saquon Barkley, number one overall in the NFL draft. And if that happens, then I think Carlos Hyde's stock really drops. So overall, I think that move from San Francisco to Cleveland is a pretty big blow to the poop ballers. Which one of these
2: names stands out to you, John? Guantanamo, even our last uh, episode, we gave a whole talk about how they were there were no players for them to start on their roster. And you could make, a, I think, a pretty good argument now that they've got two decent running backs that they have uh, to, uh, to go into this season. We just talked about Carlos Hyde. Who's taken his spot? Jarek McKinnon. And he'll be, uh, you know, in that Shanahan offense, and he'll have plenty of opportunity to make a go of it, especially the way that he's getting paid. And then Dion Lewis, it looks to split carries in that Tennessee offense. And uh, there's rumors now that he may be the lead back, especially when you talk about where Guantanamo was. They they all of a sudden might have some players. So I think that's pretty exciting when it comes to uh, running backs over here in the D.L.A.P. Yeah,
1: I could, I totally agree with you, John. <laughs> D-Lap fans, you know what that sound is. It's time for the Cool Your Jets weekly update. So the Winnipeg Jets, they're 41, 19, and 10. They're sitting in second place in the Central Division. And, you know, like I said last time, like I've said every time, this season, smashing success for the Winnipeg Jets. Currently, listen to these numbers. They're top five in goals per game, goals against, power play percentage, and penalty kill percentage. They're a balanced team. They're good at everything. And, you know, Connor Hellebuck, you know, young goalie, he's in contention for the Vizina Trophy. He's got a 9 save percentage. He's off the charts, been one of the best goalies in the NHL. Patrick Lane has the third most goals as of last week, the third most goals in NHL history for a teenager, more than Wayne Gretzky, more than Brian Bellows. And to top it off, Blake Wheeler has just been the model of consistency as a captain and center. I, You know, the, the NHL season, it's a long season. Playoffs are, you know, uh, a bear to get through. But as I've said all season, Jets, absolutely fantastic season. So happy. City of Winnipeg is just loving them right now. You know, and Winkler, we're just a little ways outside of, of, of Winnipeg. So... Of exciting time to be here in the southern Manitoba region. Jets are killing it. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Canadian Jets. Let's go Jets. This has been the Cool Jets Weekly Update. <laughs> now we're going to go on to uh, pass catchers. Pass catchers. Uh, because one that I want to highlight is is Jimmy Grant uh, He's going from the Seattle Seahawks to the Green Bay Packers. And I think that's a really interesting move for the D-Lab. He plays for the Tugboats, as we all know. And it sounds great on paper to go play for Aaron Rodgers, but we have to think about the fact that The Green Bay Packers haven't had a fantasy-relevant tight end really since Jermichael Finley about five years ago. You know, Jared Cook was supposed to be that guy a couple seasons ago. And while he had a great, great catch in the NFL playoffs, it didn't translate to fantasy success. I'm afraid that Jimmy Graham, who's still got a lot of talent left, may be going from an offense that really featured him in the red zone to one that might be a bit of a wasteland.
2: Am I crazy, John? You know what, Eddie? I don't think you're crazy. We'll have to see what that means for them. I think uh, looking around the league at other pass catchers, the Sabres have stuck by Allen Robinson through all of his ups and downs and him going to Chicago. That seems exciting. Um, although I don't know how much that improves his stock one way or the other. Uh, Trubisky is even less proven than Bortle. I think there's a lot of moves like that. Eh? that guys moved you know, laterally, but I don't know how much they— improved or didn't.
1: I think you're totally right about
2: that. Totally
1: agree with you about players moving laterally. Paul Richardson from Seattle, to Washington, Sammy Watkins from the Rams to the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, who knows? Danny Amendola to Miami from New England actually strikes me as one that's a bit of a downgrade. Sure. So I think the cool guys might have taken a bit of a hit there with Amendola
2: moving. Is there a more cool guys player than Danny Amendola? You know,
1: I don't think there is. I think that's it's right up his alley. That's exactly what they're looking for there in cool California. You you hit the nail on the head. Danny Danny Amendola, Adam Thielen. Adam
2: Thielen, yeah. Adam
1: Shaheen, just, you know, those types of guys. I think that's really what the fans in cool, that's what they show up to see.
2: Yeah you know, come in early stay late. All right, looking ahead, you know, there's lots of off season left to play. And so this has just been our first bit of excitement as we head into uh, the rest of the NFL, NFL off season and then the DLAP off season as well. Eddie, who do you think has a lot of room to make some moves and get better than they were last season?
1: I think the team that has the easiest route to be much improved next season is the Taintsville Trash Gremlins. You know, frankly, that's because they are just loaded with draft picks. They're picking number one overall, number three overall, number 12 12 overall. Yep. mm -hmm. And then they have two second-round picks as well. And we saw this last year with the St. Louis Arms. The St. Louis Arms absolutely demonstrated how good a team can be by just relying on rookies,
2: they had they didn't pick them all, but they had four big rookies. You know, they also had uh, Tariq Cohen and uh, Juju Smith Schuster, all rookies, and uh, you know they they were the backbone of that team. If you can hit in the draft in this league, or even in some practice squad plays, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That's the way to move up. And um, Tainesville already seems to be making moves. You know, they we just talked about upgrades that they had at quarterback. We know that 101 is going to be an upgrade at, at running back. I assume that 103 will probably be running back as well and so they're just plugging and playing, and yep. uh, I think you're absolutely right. It's going to be a crowded year uh, out in the East. It's shaping up to be.
1: This past season, we saw the West you know, be that crowded team where there were two teams that seemed destined from the bad playoffs from the very start, and then the other four teams were legitimate playoff contenders for much of the season. Uh, it was really a gauntlet to get through the Western Conference last year, and like you said, at least two out of the three worst Eastern Conference teams have a very clear path to being better next season than they were last season.
2: And we will continue to preview that. There's a lot of draft and free agency still to occur. Looking ahead again, though, Eddie, what team do you think has the most potential to to get worse?
1: That's a tough question, John. What do you think?
2: You know, I think uh, two things that we can certainly talk about are aging core's contract values i think aging cores i think you gotta look at the cool guys you know your champions from the first season that running back core is not getting any cheaper or any any younger and so Mm -hmm. i think that's a team that the cool guys have a lot to do i think they've got a lot of young players too uh but they've got some moves to make and that's going to be a road that they have to cross
1: let me just read to you The quarterbacks on the Cool Guy 69's roster right now. Teddy Bridgewater, Joel Flacco. New new signing for the Jets. New signing for the New York Jets. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, Joel Flacco, Jacoby Brissett, Andrew Luck.
2: Eddie, I'm going to have to cut you off before we talk about it. Uh, Danny Amendola cannot be the most Cool Guys player on the Cool Guys for as long as Joe Flacco's on that team. Yeah,
1: you, you know what? You're totally right. I apologize to all the fans in Cool listening. You know, hopefully the editors take that out, you know, when they hear us say the that. The Indigenous Peoples. Because you're totally right. Joe Flacco is the embodiment of the Cool Guys 69's entire ethos, really, in a lot of ways.
0: Hey, let me tell you about my favorite pizza, my way. 10 bucks, any pizza. Hut Hut, Pizza Hut. Flacco's favorite. Check it out.
1: I don't know if there's a team in the D-Lap where, maybe Anchorage, where you go up and down the roster and you just go, yep, it fits. Yep, it fits. You really can with the cool guys. You know, with Teddy Bridgewater, yep. All, honestly, all of those quarterbacks I named, except maybe Andrew Luck. We talked about those three running backs. Lamar Miller, super cool guys player. All of these wide receivers, all of these. Listen to the, all these wide receivers, I'm going to name. Kenny Stills, yep. Adam Thielen, Yep. You betcha. Didi Westbrook, you betcha. You know, and then Danny Amendola, who we already talked about. Ted Ginn, perfect. Tyree Kill, probably the biggest star on that roster, and Mac Hollins. The who, coolest you know, guy. They've been really high on. Oh, have they? No, they have been. For a couple of years. I I you know, I I stay in pretty close contact with the owner there in cool, Matt Grispa. And they're really high on, on Mac Holland, so watch out for the Mac attack
2: twenty nineteen. I, I don't mean to belabor the point and we and this isn't even the segment, although I think whose team who who's the fa- who's the most this team on this team is probably a pretty good segment, maybe not a very good name. And so I I, I just gotta say after they won that championship, it was always who is going to be the new face of this franchise. You know they kept Johnny Manziel on that practice squad for an entire season. You know that was that was for the ticket holders, and you know that was that was integrity. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. They only filled two of those practice squad spots by the end of the season, but you know that they left Johnny Manziel on that roster. You know, it, you know the Green
1: Bay Packers just cut Jordy Nelson. That type of stuff, I almost swore. I apologize to our listeners. This this is a Christian podcast. That type of stuff doesn't happen in cool. You
2: know? No, 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 it, it, it don't. And, and, you know, I, I was going to say Jordy Nelson, prime candidate, but Las Vegas came and swept him up. And I don't think the cool guys, I don't think that's really in their nature uh, to to draft a, a player who plays in, in the city of sin. You know, I'm glad that Joe Flacco has really stepped up. Hey, let me tell you about my favorite
0: pizza, my way. Ten bucks, any pizza. Hut, hut, pizza hut. Flacco's favorite. Check it out.
2: And become the face of the cool guys I don't even think you need that polar bear. I think you just need Joe Flacco in that local pizza commercial. Hot hot, pizza Hut, Pizza Hut. We'll link it in the yep. show notes uh, for Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut, Pizza Hut. But anyway, yeah, they could get worse this season, and we'll just have to see. Hello, it's me, the ghost of Casimir Pulaski. And I bought this ad to tell you about the most important holiday of the year. The day where one idiot convinces his friends to drive down to Champaign, Illinois to drink Kool-Aid full of energy pills and get real drunk. This year it's April 28th, and you should come, or I'm not the ghost of Kazmier Pulaski. Do we have a guest this week? We do, John.
1: Uh, We have the commissioner of... The Dynasty League of Ambiguous Principles, Kevin Staniscusy. Mr. Kevin, thank you for joining us.
0: Hey, guys. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for coming on. We'll get right to it. Uh, I want to talk about the Shippensburg fighting... ...indigenous peoples. Remember to bleep that last part out there, uh, editing team. So I hate to say it, but bad playoffs... The team name is racist.
2: Oh, okay. Sorry.
1: Well, the team we will get... Yeah, so bad playoffs... Two years in a row. Mr. Stanczewski, what were your expectations heading into this year for the The indigenous
0: peoples? Remember to bleep that out.
1: What went wrong that brought you to the bad playoffs for the second time?
0: Hey, well, listen, man. You know, my guy Aaron, he's making $4,500 a year, and then he breaks his collarbone like that. Uh, That's a tough way to go out. Uh, I really didn't have a backup quarterback. My backup quarterback probably averaged about five or six points a game, so that really hurt me a lot. And I'm not a fan of being mediocre, so... It's either all-in or all-out, so I decided to go all-out at, at about the uh, middle of the season there.
2: At that silence means it's my turn to ask a question. <laughs> so I'm going to ask this one, I think, to the, to the commissioner of the league. Uh, Mr. Commissioner, what are your opinions on the controversial tanking rules, and how do you as commissioner – oh, I didn't realize this was a hard-hitting one. Uh, <laughs> how, how do you as commissioner justify intentionally losing games –
0: Hey, well, listen, man, you know, uh, you guys are just uh, biggest fan of the bylaws as I am. So, I mean, if you're going to use the bylaws to your advantage, you might as well use it while they're still around. So there's nothing against tanking. So why not tank and try to get a good draft pick to uh, make your uh, seasons better down the road there?
2: Editors but- note, Eddie and I have never been offered a copy of the bylaws <laughs> and aren't sure how they work. <laughs> no, so ahead
0: uh, I have never seen them. Mr.
1: Sanzuski. but how does it affect the perception of the league worldwide to have the commissioner himself so blatantly try to lose games. What do you say to a fan of the Shippensburg Fighting Peoples who comes up to you and says, why didn't we have any quarterbacks?
0: Hey, well, listen, man, you don't we we saw tanking in the in the first season of the D-Lap here, and uh, there was well, really a saw, failure. you saw in Shippensburg.
1: I don't want to. Yeah,
0: yeah I g- so no, much. I agree. I agree. The first season in Shippensburg, and there was a, a real real failure to fix it uh, in the first off season there. So <laughs> no one fixed it. So I decided to just run it back again and see what happens.
1: What do you plan to do differently this off season so that the Shippensburg fans aren't subjected to a third year of tanking?
0: Hey, well listen, man. You know, no, I can't guarantee uh, my fans that I'm not going to take again listen if, if the bylaws aren't fixed and if we end up you know two and four at the beginning of the season I can't guarantee my fans that I just I just hope that they trust the franchise I have
2: a question not about the players how is the morale in the front office there it's one thing I think to implement this strategy that you did it's another to, to not do it good you know the tank strategy kind of didn't really work and so I guess my question is is everyone still okay over there or you know because you didn't even win at the the losing pardon pardon my directness that's really more of an eddie trade i'm sorry
0: hey well listen man you know i really fucked up the tanking to be honest if you. Yeah, you can bleep that out Thanksgiving Day, I have Marvin Jones in the lineup and he precedes to score two touchdowns. He gets 120 yards, eight catches. He scores about 24 points, and that leads to my downfall from getting the second pick. So uh, that one's kind of been haunting me for, you know, the greater part of four months now. So, uh, yeah, I'll take full responsibility for that one.
2: Mr. Kevin, who are you taking second overall in the draft?
0: Uh, Well, I'm not drafting second, uh, so no one, I guess, would be the answer to that question.
2: Well played, uh, egg Mr. Sanczewski. Egg on, egg on my face.
1: Mr. Sanczewski, I can't help but notice that John Kuhn is not on your roster and also never has been. Can you uh, explain that? Not
0: true, that? not true. Can you please get your facts correct before questioning me?
1: I'm sorry, is John Kuhn on your <laughs> roster?
0: John Kuhn was once on my roster, yes. You said John Coon. I'm sorry, Kuhn was do you have any proof that John
1: Kuhn was previously on your roster that you could produce under this podcast? Not
0: of my availability, but I'm sure I could produce it within 24 hours, yes.
1: We'll move on, Mr. Sanders. Sure. The conference champions this year were the South Alabama House or Nos and the Anchorage Northern Mountain Centrals. What kind of impact on ratings and the fan base and league visibility does having a premier franchise like ANMC win the league championship. What does that do for the league?
0: Hey, well, listen, man, you know, I'm going to go with, uh, the Guantanamo grassy Giraffes is, uh, my favorite franchise in the league right now. I think they give us Not the best. exposure. No, I'm going to go with the giraffes here. You know, they give us really the best exposure, uh, via social media, you know, around the, around the country, around the world. So, um, if they were to succeed, I think our league would definitely go up a lot more rather than having the two teams that won their conference championships.
2: Mr. Stanchevski, I do not mean to get combative, but I don't know how you can say that Guantanamo is doing the best on social media when the tugboats have over 2,000 Twitter followers.
0: Uh, did you do a bot check on those social media followers to see how the percentage that were real versus fake?
2: You know, that sounds like a thing that a reporter might do, and I'm going to write that into my notebook for maybe a future article. But I actually just checked, and they are down to 400 followers. And I think that (laughs) might be due to the Gronk trade. And so maybe Guantanamo is, you know, the team there. Okay. Uh, You know, here in this podcast, we like to give all of our guests one special extra treat because, you know, sometimes we ask the hard questions and they don't have the hard questions. You know what they say? We have got this phrase in Canada that the hard questions, they don't have, they don't have easy answers. And so Mr. Mr. Kevin, who do you, uh, who do you want to give that? We have a card and it says it, it, who do you want to give the card to?
0: I'm sorry, what was the question?
1: Okay, so you get one shut-the-hell-up card.
0: Okay, great. Who do
1: you give it to? Uh,
0: you know, I'm going to give it to Chase Smith. Uh, listen here, I don't know if he knows that there's a rivalry going on between me and him, but uh, I know that there's a rivalry go- going on between me and him. Listen, he he, he took uh, Marshawn Lynch uh, from me for about 90 bucks there, which I won that one, but then he proceeded to tank you know, a lot better than I did, and then he beat me in the losers' playoff. So, you know, he's really got the edge over me. But Chase Smith, let me know. Let you know, I'm coming for you, man. I'm coming for you, and it's not going to stop.
2: Hey, Eddie.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, hang, hang on, John. All right. I, I, I love that. You know, that's some great trash talk. We need some more of that in the D-lap. Hey, Eddie. So, uh, Mr. Commissioner, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, I hope you enjoy the rest of your evening i you know i know we hit you with some tough questions couldn't be more appreciative of you giving us the time to come on and speak to those
0: great great guys thanks have a good one eddie the,
2: kevin said that 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 he's not gonna stop that he's coming and he's not going to stop did he mean that he's not going to stop coming
1: mr kevin could you <laughs> hang up please well <laughs> oh, okay uh, oh. i think he's gone oh, okay
0: jay smith let me know what let- you know, I'm coming for you, man. I'm coming for you and it's not going to stop.
1: All right, folks. And now it's time for a new segment that we're tentatively calling Welcome to Winkler. So the Winkler Public Art Society, all shouts to them, are offering a grant for any new media corporations or companies or media members that have decided to cover Winkler politics So us here, the McShmedy's on time with unbeatable D-Lab coverage, are branching out from just covering the Dynasty League of Ambiguous Principles to bring to you all information about the Winkler mayoral race. Now, while it first looked like there were no candidates, no candidates, I apologize, to replace the longtime Winkler mayor, Martin Harder, two candidates have emerged in recent days. Now, what's interesting is that both of them agreed to serve without knowing that the other one was running. And again, this is the first contested race we've had since Martin Harder was first elected mayor of Winkler in 1996. So we have two candidates, John. Which one do you want to talk about?
2: You know, Eddie, this is not football, but in certain ways, I think it's even closer to home, and it's cool to have a, a big competition right here in Winkler, something that we are talking about in our podcast, and that would qualify it for the grant. And so I think I'm going to talk about uh, Danny Hyde, uh, and I think everybody knows Junior as as we call him. Uh, you know, he's been a, he's been a resident here in Winkler for I think his whole life. I've known him for a long time. You know, he's over there at Hyde's Florist, and that's been a part of the community since Danny's father opened it. Oh, I don't know, in the 80s I think. And uh, if you don't know Danny, you probably definitely know his girlfriend Allie and uh she's a real estate agent over there at Crocus Real Estate uh and you know they do good work and they sold they sold uh I think they sold Randy his his house uh, I still live in i uh, never mind I don't really want to talk about that let's talk about the race and so uh yeah Danny and and his girlfriend and and they've been in Winkler forever and they are just you know delightful and I and I they, I think they've got my vote and uh Eddie, who is who? Why don't you tell him about the uh, the other the other candidate there?
1: Danny, great guy. Like John said, everybody here in Winkler knows him and hides Flores. It's been around forever. The other candidate for mayor is Brian Pallister, or the Goose, as goose. most of you probably know him. Goose, 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 goose. Yeah, you know that's that's probably how you guys recognize him. So you know the Goose, he grew up in Winkler, Brian Pallister. But, you know, he's been away for the last 20 years or so, serving in various political offices. Uh, You know, most notably, he was the member of parliament for the Portage Lisker riding, of which Winkler is a part here in Manitoba. Uh, The Goose, obviously, much beloved. Honestly, you know, you look at the polls, he's been one of Manitoba's most popular politicians, you know, ever since he first ran for office in the early 1990s. I mean, he's the Goose. He's the goose, exactly. Goose, 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 goose. So we'll see how this shakes out. You know, I was shocked to learn that, you know, that both of these candidates were running. Uh, you know, and I, I'm sure you've heard this talk as well, John. For you listeners who haven't, there's been a swirl of rumors around the entry of both of these candidates into the mayoral race. So the talk around town is that the only reason goose came home and entered the race is because him holding office as the mayor of Winkler would mean that his family's estate in Winkler off their out route six would become his official residence. And that means that, you know, his wife, Scarlett, his wife, Scarlet. I apologize. No know, scars on her though. No scar. You know,
2: she's, she's
1: very pretty. Uh, his wife, Scarlett, she won't be able to keep that estate. Uh, you know, they're getting divorced. It's Everyone been, knows it's been very messy yeah. Uh, for those of you who have, somehow haven't heard, the goose, Scarlet, ugly, ugly divorce, lots yeah. of mudslinging, and if he becomes mayor, like I said, then that his family's estate in Winkler won't will be his official residence, and he won't have to forfeit it over to Scarlet in the divorce. Now, to put another layer on top of that, there's been talk that you know Danny's girlfriend, Allie, the real estate agent that you mentioned, has secretly been dating Goose ever since he came back to Winkler. And that's the only reason that Danny didn't withdraw from the race once he found out that, you know, experienced politician Goose was running. So, you know, there's a bit of a love triangle here. Both these guys, very popular in Winkler. We'll see how this race shakes out. We'll update you guys with each podcast that comes out. But it looks like we're going to have a fascinating, fascinating race for Winkler mayor on our hands anything else to add john you
2: know uh eddie the thing i'll say and i think you summed it up you know i think very reportedly but here uh, all i know is you know i think danny just should have gotten out of the way and let you know goose and scarlet that's all they've been coming back to this town for for years and years and it just seemed like goose could use this you know it's tough being a politician and he's done a great job supporting us and so I would have liked to just see them let Goose run and, and have him, you know, be in charge. Danny's already got the flower shop and, and alleys, and so, you know, I don't, I don't, really, I don't really know why he, he chose to do that, but, you know, it's okay. Everyone yeah. loves Danny. So that's it for our show this week. Coming to you live from Martin Herder's foyer, we're so thankful for all of you for listening, for our guest, Kevin the commissioner of the league, as well as the owner of the Shippensburg Fight Persons. And we hope that you're looking forward to the playoffs as much as we are. And by playoffs, I think I mean the NHL playoffs. Talk to you later.
0: Chase Smith, let me know let me know I'm coming for you. Man, I'm coming for you, and it's not going to stop. should be on my way